us and lead and guide and direct and everything, Lord. Be with those uh, that aren't with us tonight, Lord. Uh, uh, pray, dear God, that uh, uh, hopefully they'll get back. And, and uh, uh, I know many are sick, just not feeling well. Uh, but we just lift all them up to you tonight as well. And, uh, Lord, we just pray that you'll be with uh, this uh, message tonight as we get into some practical teaching from the book of Proverbs once again. Pray that you'll bless. In Jesus Christ's name we do pray. Amen and amen. All right, turn to your Bibles to the book of Proverbs chapter 21. The book of Proverbs chapter 21. And uh, we're going to uh, attempt to take a pretty good chunk uh, of Scripture tonight and uh, kind of some bullet points, if you will. And uh, we're going to be looking at verses 4 through 19. And we'll take them one at a time here in just a moment. Um, I was sharing last night with the, uh, at the prison last night that uh, uh, we had a pretty good discussion there for about 10 minutes about things. And, you know, a lot of times believers, even Christians, um, you know, they, they, we tend to, because of just the things in the world, uh, and, and so when I say we, I, I'm not necessarily picking on anybody in particular, but uh, sometimes we have a hard time seeing danger signs right you know uh sometimes you know looking back uh, even in my own christian walk you know uh i'll i'll think boy you know i should have knew that that wasn't of god i should have known you know the bible says this about that why why didn't i why didn't i recognize that and a lot of that has to just do with uh, your spiritual growth and and time you know you first get saved certainly you're not going to understand things and and uh and and god's grace and mercy certainly uh, is there uh, during those times. Um, but a lot of it, too, is from our own neglect. In other words, we don't put ourselves in a position to have that discernment that we need. And, and a lot of times that's what it is. Uh, but we have a hard time identifying, uh, you know, sinful things, even sinful behavior sometimes. We don't see it for what it is. And so tonight, we've just got several bullet points uh, that, that can help us to identify sin uh, certain types of sin, if you will. Certainly this isn't exhaustive. There's plenty more that we could talk about. Um, but there's a lot at stake. You know, um, I think sometimes we, we underestimate the, the grief that sin brings into our life. You know, in other words, uh, uh, if we're not careful, we can kind of accept some things in our life. When we do that, you're, you're really setting yourself up, you know, for some pain, some unnecessary uh, problems. Uh, and certainly those things can cause a lot of grief in, in your life uh, simply when we don't recognize sin early on. In other words, that, that little fire becomes a big fire on down the road. And certainly when I think about these things, I, I always think about parents and, and you know, we really have to guard against you know, all wickedness. And, and, and please understand me, we want to see folks saved, but that also means wicked people. You know, uh, there's certain uh, types of people that, that our children do not need to be exposed to. Amen. You know, I think that's important. And, and a lot of that comes through that little, well, now they're great big square boxes. But, but, you know, a lot of stuff comes through that television that those little young eyes hear and see. And, and uh, again, that's, uh, we're not protecting them the way that we need to. So, again, th these things are important. I'm not preaching on that specifically, but just trying to get you to understand that there are a lot of things out there that we have, we're not seeing uh, as dangerous when they are dangerous. And so we're just going to jump right into this because there's several things. And uh, so number one, uh, number one, uh, look at there at verse four. So we'll read the verse and then we'll, we'll give you the point there. 
So verse 4 says, A high look and a proud heart, and the plowing of the wicked is sin. Um, we're not going to, I won't be able to explain talk about everything these verses mean because there's so many, but I just kind of want to hit the high spots in each one of them. So again, a high look, that, that means being haughty. We've talked about that before. That's seeing yourself above others, in other words, in worth. And uh, in my estimation, that's promoted a lot today, and that's sad to see. And certainly that type of, of attitude will, lean, you know, will grow into really an arrogant attitude. Uh, and God certainly sees that as wickedness. We, we need to see it for what it is. It's not self-confidence, you know. It's not, you know, somebody that likes to speak their mind. Uh, God calls that wickedness. And, and we see that plowing of the wicked. What that's indicating there is the way of wicked people. In other words, it's how wicked people operate. Uh, and certainly we know how wicked people operate. Uh, and certainly, you know, pride is certainly in the middle of all of that. Uh, that's the way of wicked people. Uh, you know, pride really is at the core of as why people behave badly. You know, pride keeps us from, from uh, confessing that the way we're living is not right. Uh, pride keeps us from, from harboring bitterness and unforgiveness. Pride, pride is really there in the middle of a lot of the wickedness that, that creeps into our lives. Uh, and certainly why a lot of people behave badly, rebel against truth, they rebel against holiness, they rebel against righteousness. And so we need to, tonight, we need to see number one there, see pride is sinful, uh, and certainly that leads to other sins, all right? So number two, let's read the verse, and then we'll, we'll give you the uh, point. Verse number five, it says, The thoughts of the diligent tend only to plenteousness, uh, but of everyone that is hasty only to want. Um, number two, a hasty life leads to a sinful life. And what I'm talking about here, what I believe this verse is, is, is uh, insinuating, is that chaotic living, and I hope you understand what I mean by chaotic living. Listen, um, you know, don't, don't get me wrong. I know how it is, you know, I, especially when you have young children and you're trying to get ready for school, trying to get ready for work, and, you know, didn't get up in time. Somebody's sick. They can't find their shoes. I, you know, please don't misunderstand me, all right? But, but we need to understand that chaotic living, in other words, your normal course of life, if it's chaotic, that is going to breed sin. It's going to breed sin. Okay, uh, and that's what this is talking about here. It's talking about hastiness in life, uh, um, uh, and, and again, we need to be real careful about those types of things. And, and really, hastiness can also there's the other side of it as well, because we are this "I want it now," you know, generation. You know, we 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 want it now. We want we want good results. We want rewards. Uh, without, you know, putting the work in, if you will, and the labor, um, you know, the sacrifice to get there. Um, uh, what, what I'm saying is, though, too, it, it's not just about, I don't want you to misunderstand me, it's not just being busy. You know, there's a lot of people that try to justify uh, why they can't serve the Lord faithfully or this, because what they'll tell me is, I'm just so busy. And, and they kind of wear that as a badge of honor. It's like, okay, well, God, God forgives me of that because I'm so busy. And maybe they are busy. Maybe they are working hard. Maybe they got a good work ethic. That's, that's not really what this is about. Um, uh, but, 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 but being busy, you know, being busy in, its, in and of itself really doesn't mean much. 
You know, in other words, we could be busy doing a lot of things. I mean, uh, there, there's a lot of things I could, you know, let's, let's look at it this way. As, as a pastor, there's tons of things I could be busy with that aren't necessarily needful for the church family. Does that make sense? And a lot of times that's what pastors end up doing. They, they're busy doing a lot of things, but they're not busy doing the right things, you see. And that's what we're talking about is hastiness. Uh, and, and certainly uh, that, that's not going to be good. Um, but I think, too, I, I want to look at this from a positive side. If we're busy with the right things, um, I think sometimes we are in such a hurry to get to the end, to get to the goal. Uh, we don't realize, and, and I, I, you know, as we grow older, I think we figure this out. But, but um, what I'm saying is, is particularly when it comes to the work of God, that, that the, the, the important part certainly is say, okay, we're doing this work because we want to see a certain thing happen, okay? And we can get a little hasty about that and try to run past the work to get there. And what I want you to understand tonight is we try to balance some of these things out that, that there's a lot that we can learn about God as we strive and labor towards our goal. You know, it's, it's uh, uh, I remember one time Miss Dana got on to me. I, uh, I had a, an, an old truck that I kind of liked and, you know, I was stubborn about it. I just liked old Chevrolet trucks and, uh, but they broke down all the time. <laughs> Anyway, it, it was broke down, and I don't remember what was wrong with it, but, but uh, uh, it was hot, and it was getting late, and I had to get it fixed. I had to go to work in the morning, you know how it is. And, and uh, my son, he was just a little bitty guy, and, and, of course, he's wanting to be all over what Daddy's doing and, and so forth, and, and I'm just not really paying him much attention. And, uh, uh, and finally, I kind of snap at him, you know. I was like, son, you're going to have to go back in the house. You know, I got things to get and, and uh, I didn't know it, but Miss Dana was standing down on the back deck, and, and, and I felt this you know, laser beam on the back of my neck. And, uh, and so I turned around, and she was like this. You know, that's always a bad sign, right, man? And, uh, and, uh, and she said, what, what's going on? So I told her, and she, I don't remember exactly what she said, but basically what she said, you know, all of this, you know, raising your son and, and living life and fixing your truck even, she said, it's part of the process, you know, and she was right, you know, I didn't admit it at that time, but later I did, but, but I guess that's what I'm saying, there's a lot that we can learn about, in other words, the work and journey is just as important as the destination, amen, you know, in other words, the work that we're doing, the actual work is something that, that we can learn and grow to, we don't want to get hasty and just, just run through these things, um, and I believe if we don't understand the journey, you know, uh, I, I would say, too, that, that Americans are becoming quitters. We start a lot of things. We don't finish anything. Why don't we finish? Well, it's just like, okay, now I'm doing this, but the journey's too hard. I wasn't expecting all this. You know, I, you know yeah, I mean, I was gung-ho. I was going to do all this, and, and I wanted to do this because I wanted to reach that goal back there, but I didn't realize all this work in between and then we quit. You know, we, we quit, you know, we start a ministry, we don't finish it. We start something for God, but we don't finish it. And I'm just, I just want you to understand that's being hasty. Um, uh, and, and again, we don't, we need to understand that the journey is part of it. It's, it's all necessary, and we can learn a lot about God. And a hasty person, again, where that comes from is, is you, you know, why, 
it, it's, you're, focused, you're still focused on self, you see. You, you're, you know, it wasn't about glorifying God. It wasn't about maybe uh, helping others. At the end of the day, it was all about you. And when you didn't get what you wanted, when you wanted it, you quit. And uh, that's, that's not good. God's not pleased uh, with those types of things. And certainly um, uh, that is, uh, is fleshly, and, and we, don't want, we don't want that. All right, number three. I spent a little more time on that when I wanted to. Look at verse 6 and 7. Uh, the getting of treasures by a lying tongue is a vanity tossed uh, to and fro of them that seek death. Verse 7, the robbery of the wicked shall destroy them because they refuse to do judgment. So number three, God is never pleased with crooked business dealings. And we've talked about this, and this is what these two verses are talking about. Dirty, unfair, illegal business dealings. Certainly God sees those things. Certainly He will judge those things as well. And this is talking about those who willfully do others wrong. God, God's not going to let that go. Uh, basically what it's saying there is they're digging their own pit to fall into. I mean, they're, they're, they're doing wrong, but they're, they're really bringing themselves under the judgment of God. And a lot of times, and rightfully so, I understand that, that uh, you know, our minds probably would go to a crooked employer, uh, you know, uh, trying to cheat uh, an employee out of a fair wage. Uh, but these things work both directions, you know. Uh, there's also the crooked employee, um, uh, and we've talked about this, who, who you know, you rob your employer when you don't do what you get paid for. Amen. I mean, if you're getting paid to do this and you don't do it, but you get the money anyway, it's just like you went inside their billfold, grabbed that money, and walked off with it. That's stealing, right? Amen. That's stealing. Uh, and so, so again, it's, it's uh, uh, certainly even an employee through laziness, deceit, uh, not giving a fair day's wage. Uh, you know, calling in sick when you're not sick. Listen, God calls that crooked business dealings. Uh, and God's never pleased with those types of things. All right, uh, let's look at verse 8. Look at verse 8. Uh, the way of a man is forward, and that means perverse. Actually, it means very perverse uh, and strange. But as for the pure, his work is right. And uh, some of these are, are worded... Uh, uh, in a way that, that makes it a little difficult for me anyway, maybe not some of you. But from what I understand from this verse, the, the, the righteous and the wicked, certainly, plainly, we understand they walk two different roads. And what this is talking about is you can't do the same thing. In other words, if, if, if you're a child of God tonight, you need to understand you can't do the same thing the wicked do and be right with God. Amen? You know, that is so important. And I go back to some of, you know, uh, the TV programs and some of the, you know, music. And there's all types of things we could talk about here. I'm just telling you, Amos 3.3 says, Can two walk together except they be agreed? Now, often we, we look at that as, as uh, uh, you know, unity in our Christian walk. And certainly that is, uh, that is certainly a wonderful teaching and message from that. But let's look at it this way. Listen, if... If, if you're able to walk with the wicked, that means you agree with them, right? I mean, if, if you disagreed with them, you wouldn't be walking with them, right? It, it, you can't have it both ways, you know. Hey, listen, uh, we, don't want to, we, we don't want to walk with the wicked, amen? Uh, the only way to walk the road of the wickedness is to do that wickedness with them and to be a part of that. And that's things and sometimes people that we need to stay away from. Amen. All right, let's look at verse 9. We're going we're gonna to skip, we're going to read verse 9 and then go all the way to verse 19 because I believe they, 
say the same thing. Uh, but verse 9 says, It's better to dwell uh, in the corner of a housetop than with a brawling woman in a wide house. I remember the first time I read that uh, years ago, I actually laughed out loud. <laughs> uh, let's read that. Let's read it again for emphasis. <laughs> amen. It's all right, man. You could say amen, all right? Yeah. <laughs> amen. <laughs> Joe's like, I ain't saying nothing. <laughs> but it's better to dwell in the corner of a housetop than with a brawling woman in a white house. Then verse 19, it is better to dwell in the wilderness than with a contentious and angry woman. Now, in this case here, we're, we're talking about a, a, a woman that certainly isn't right with God. So number five, a chaotic home is a sinful home. Now, and that's what these, as you can see here, there's a lot of chaos here. Now, in this instance, the Bible is pointing at a, what is referred to as a brawling woman, an angry woman, woman contentious, uh, argumental, uh, in other words, a, a prideful, arrogant uh, uh, woman. And uh, by the way, in my estimation, and, and, uh, and I'm being serious, I, I'm just, you know, uh, from what, what we see today, you know, to me, that fits the modern woman pretty well today. You know, um, have you ever noticed that over the last even 30 years, uh, I don't watch these types of things anymore, but there's a time when I did uh, before I got saved and, and finally decided this wasn't something I need to see anymore. But a lot of your, your uh, what do you call them, sitcom shows and stuff, you know, men are portrayed as, you know, stupid, simple, childish, and the women are the strong ones. And they're usually real curt and, you know, just, you know, um, and I'm just telling you that that fits in well with what we see today. And, and let me just say this and, and we'll move on. I don't want to tarry long on these. But, but when, when, when women, and, and, and it's for men too, but the Bible's focusing on women tonight. But when a woman loses sight of the biblical structure of her biblical role in the family, it brings chaos and sin into the home, and families are destroyed. Now, that's not the only reason families are destroyed. It's when men don't, men could do the same thing. But ladies, we need to understand something, that it's important uh, that we uh, be biblical uh, in, our, in our role uh, as, a, as a wife, uh, as a mother. And uh, so God tells us here that, you know, even if a, a financially stable home, a wide house, that means, man, this is, this is a financially stable house, a well-built home. Um, uh, but if it has that chaos in it, it's a home that's, that's not doing what God would have them to do. Amen? And uh, so, again, a chaotic home is a sinful home. All right, verse 10. It says, The soul of the wicked desireth evil, his neighbor findeth no favor in his eyes. Um, uh, here, this is uh, uh, having to be around wicked people, it ought to grieve you. Um, now, now, I don't want you to take that the wrong way. Um, we live in the world, amen. We're not to be of the world, but we're in the world. So there are things that we have to deal with. Um, but we don't ever want to get used to it, Amen. In other words, I think sometimes as Christians we begin to lose our blush after a little while. Things that used to bother us as Christians because we know what the Bible says, but 
now that I'm exposed to that. You know, this is where I think we as parents need to be careful when we take that child who just graduates high school and been in a protective environment and you just send them off into the workforce and into a secular college and, and all of a sudden they're exposed to things that, you know, we, we got to be careful with that. Um, uh, and I believe that's why a lot of young people fail today. And, and so uh, being around wicked people, we will be around them, but it should always grieve us. In other words, if we, 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 we should never grow, uh, we, we need to stay tender. We need to stay, we need to stay offended at things that offend God. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Um, and so the wicked, you know, certainly the wicked's going to be the wicked. They're never going to let up. Uh, and again, we have to be around wicked folks from time to time. And, and I'm talking about habitually wicked people. You know, maybe it's a fellow employee or your neighbor or what have you. Um, and, and by the way, if you're living for God, they're, they're going to despise you for that. They're going to find no favor in you, especially if you make it known. But, but I'm just trying to get you to understand that's the way it should be. Amen. I go back to what we talked about in Amos 3.3. 3. How could two walk together unless they be agreed? You know, I'm never going to agree with that. We'll never be able to walk together. You see what I'm saying? Uh, and, and if we're not careful, we'll just accept some things. And, and again, it, it, that, that, that's, uh, that's a dangerous uh, a spot to be in. Um, it should be that way. If, 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 listen, if, if wicked people don't grieve you, then you're fitting in with them. Amen? You're fitting in with them. Uh, and so, so again, uh, we need to uh, keep, uh, keep our hearts tender towards that. Having to be around wicked people, it should grieve you, amen? Because certainly it grieves God. Uh, look at uh, verse 11. Look at verse 11. When the scorner is punished, the simple is made wise. And when the wise is instructed, he receiveth knowledge. Um, uh, so, uh, number seven, do not take discipline lightly. You know, uh, the Bible, not only in the book of Proverbs, but elsewhere teaches us that scorners, they never learn even when punished a lot of the time. But here it says even a simple person can learn from the punishment of others. You know, a lot of times you hear people with that in large families, you know, the, the younger ones would see what the older brother or sister would do and they'd say, you know, write that down, don't do that. <laughs> Learn from the mistakes of others, right? Uh, and that's wise. And, and the Bible says even a simple person can do that. Um, uh, but even greater still, though, a wise person just simply lives that way uh, in a way really that pleases the Lord. And, and, and that's really what we, what we want in our, in our life. And, and in other words, he's living in a way to please the Lord. He's not doing it because he fears punishment, but he lives for God because he desires to please God with his life. By the way, that's what true worship is. You know, worship is how we esteem God in our heart, amen? Um, and uh, we should want to please God with our life because we, we love Him, amen? And we know that He loves us. But, but a scorner, you know, again, they, they often don't learn. Even when they're being punished by God, they're not learning. And, you know, the old heart, you know, uh, can get so hard that, after a while, we take God's discipline lightly. Um, you know, I, I don't like it, especially when, when young people, you know, that have been brought up in church, when they start kind of glorifying rebellion. You know, I, that, that's, you don't, that's not good. Uh, it's, it's not, you know, that, that, that's not, not what you want. Amen? Uh, and so we don't want to take God's discipline lightly. 
All right, look at verse 12. Look at verse 12. The righteous man wisely considereth the house of the wicked, but God overthroweth the wicked for their wickedness. And then look at verse 18. It says, The wicked shall be a ransom for the righteous and the transgressor for the upright. So let's try to tie some things together. That verse 18, I still wrestle with that a little bit. I'm not really sure why they use the word ransom, but we'll try to define it here a little bit. But a wise person... Uh, you know, uh, number eight, don't ever forget judgment for all wrong uh, is coming. You know, there's going to come a time, folks, when God is going to set everything right. Every jot and tittle is, is going to be set right, okay? Um, and, and, and again, a wise person, you know, we may not understand all that together, and we've got our own explaining to do uh, when that time comes on the judgment seat of Christ. But a wise person will know that and, and we will do our best to live accordingly. What I'm saying tonight, folks, is you need to live your life understanding that as a believer even, you will stand before God and give an account. You will have to answer for that. And there's a lot of things we probably don't even remember that we've done, but God does and we'll have to. Now, we're not talking about heaven. We're not talking about access to heaven, those types of things, but rewards, I've explained that before. So, so again, this means, you know, we could look at this a lot of different ways. Certainly we shouldn't envy wrongdoers. I know sometimes it's like, wow, they don't, you know, they don't serve the Lord. And, you know, it just seems like they just everything falls in their lap. They have plenty. You know, that doesn't, that doesn't seem right. And so we don't want to envy wrongdoers. We don't want to get frustrated because they seem to be winning. Uh, again, God's going to take care of everything. Uh, and in verse 18, the wicked shall be a ransom for the righteous and the transgressor for the upright. And uh, we think of the word ransom, but I think it means a little something different here. Um, and I think really what this is doing is just showing that, that, that we have two different scenarios here. One's going to have a good outcome, one's going to have a bad outcome. And we think of, of Haman and Mordecai in that way. Uh, if you understand that story, Haman, you know, became the ransom for Mordecai. You know, Mordecai was exalted. Haman was looking to be exalted, but, but he wasn't, and Mordecai, you know, was exalted. And so I think there's uh, uh, something, you know, along those lines maybe to help us with that. But uh, tonight, don't ever forget, judgment for all wrong uh, is coming. Look at verse 13. It says, Whoso stoppeth his ears at the cry of the poor, he also shall cry himself, but shall not be heard. That's a pretty solemn verse there, I, I tell you. Um, you know, uh, often throughout the week we get a lot of phone calls, you know, people needing things, and sometimes, you know, I just really have to pray about things. It's not always easy to discern, you know, things. Um, I think the first thing we need to do, though, is remember, you know, what the biblical, biblical definition of, of truly needy is. Um, and I, you know, I'm not saying I get it right every time. Um, the Bible has a lot to say about not casting pearls to, to swine and, and to give that uh, which is holy to dogs. Jesus himself said that. Uh, in other words, it's, it's doing things, you know, that, that gets misused. And um, uh, in that case, uh, a lot of times these, the very ones you help can turn on you. And we know that that happens. But I think if we're not careful, though, uh, what God would have us understand tonight, we don't simply dismiss all those in need. You know, we can't let the, the failure, and I agree, most are not completely legit. <laughs> you know, there's some, you know, panhandling and, 
you know, that this is just how they live their life. They're scammers, they're, they're users, they're takers. I get that. But we can't just totally ignore everybody that, that has need, amen? I think I've said it before, I'll say it again. I would rather be taken a thousand times than to not do that one time when I should have, amen? Um, and so again, we need to understand that, that um, uh, God's not pleased with that. Uh, we, we don't want to grow heartless towards others because of the failures of others. We need to remain tender about that. Uh, look at verse 14. It says, A gift in secret pacifieth anger, and a reward in the bosom strong wrath. Some difference of opinion. I'll be honest, the first time I read that verse, I was kind of looking at it as more of a positive type verse. Uh, but uh, I don't believe that's correct. Um, uh, the, the secret uh, in the bosom, the hiding. Uh, many believe in this case we see, uh, uh, you know, really pacifying the wicked with a hidden gift, uh, which would be bribery. In other words, it's done in secret. Um, uh, certainly, God forbids that, amen. We see that all through the book of Proverbs. Uh, and so God's wrath certainly going to be pointed at such things. And so, you know, uh, you know, but practical reasons. You know, here's the thing I think, you know, when we read these things, I don't think anybody in here, you know, is going to be in, into a big bribe. But what can we apply to our own lives? May, you know, maybe on a lesser degree. Uh, and, and I think sometimes if we're not careful, especially those of us maybe that, that have wayward family members or what have you, if we're not careful, we'll be enablers of those who live sinful lives. You know, um, we're, we're doing it because we grieve for them. We do that because we love them. We do feel sorry for them. Um, but we realize that we kind of have to do that secretively. You know, we, you know, uh, and again, it's a tough position to be in. I've, I've failed in this area myself. You know, but on the other hand, you know, I, I hear people all the time, you know, uh, uh, you know, they'll, they'll say things like, well, you know, I, I want to win people. Look, you can't go to a drunken party, you know, and laugh at filthy jokes and, and expect to win people to Christ, you see. In other words, you're pacifying them. Um, you know, you, that, that's a line that you can't cross. Uh, you know, you, you certainly don't want to give them, you know, money or a means to live riotously, right? <laughs> you know, especially when missionaries are doing without right you know and, and so again this is you know these are things that we we don't want to use carnal ways to soothe the carnal and god hates it when we do that and in other words to soothe or please uh the wicked so don't use carnal ways to soothe the carnal all right verse 15 it is joy to the just to do judgment but destruction shall be to the workers of iniquity and uh so stand up for justice amen you know we we as God's people, you know, God is just. We certainly want to be just. And we need to be glad when, when just things happen, when justice is served. I'm not talking about revenge and punishment. You know, boy, I'm glad they got what they, you know, what they deserve, those types of things. But at the same time, uh, you know, without losing a heart for people, I do believe we ought to desire strong, swift punishment for wrongdoers. I, I think that's important, and we see that throughout the book of Proverbs. Again, not for revenge or anything like that, but there's really two major reasons why we should want justice. And these two things, if we just really put them to practice, would really fix a lot of what's wrong in young people's lives today. 
But number one, uh, the reason we want justice is that uh, they would repent of their wickedness and not continue in it. Amen? I mean, that's, that's what we want. Remember, God's way of, of dealing with punishment, uh, especially for His children, is never to destroy you, but to restore you. It's always about restoration. Okay? And the other way, it, the other thing is to sway others from doing the same things. <laughs> you know, we talked about this last week. You know, the punishment has to really outweigh the crime. Amen? You know, pun listen, punishment should be severe, right? You know, it, it should be severe enough that if somebody does something, I'm not going to do that anymore, amen? Uh, and certainly uh, God teaches that. So we need to stand up for justice. We don't have to shy back from, I know the culture is against those types of things, but God promotes it and we need to too. All right, verse 16, we're almost done. Uh, the man that wandereth out of the way of understanding shall remain in the congregation of the dead. Uh, and that's talking about the spiritually dead, I believe, there. Uh, so here, here's number 12. Walk with the godly, not the ungodly. And we've kind of hit on this already. Again, the two roads. There's a road of righteousness. There's a road of wickedness. And, and you, you know, the only way that you can walk together are, you know, on a certain road is to be agreed with that person. This person can't say, well, let's walk together. Okay, well, you walk on the road of righteousness. I'll walk on the road of wickedness. That's not going to happen. Either, either they both got to be, if they're going to be agreed, they either have to be on the road of righteousness or they have to be on the road of wickedness. And, of course, as children of God, we, we don't want to walk with the godly, or the ungodly, that is. And, uh, you, know, you know, why should a safe person be walking on the same road as the lost, as the dead, right? You know, God's not pleased with that. Amen. And then finally, number 17, and we'll be done, because we've already done 18 and 19. It says, he that loveth pleasure shall be a poor man. He that loveth wine and oil shall not be rich. And uh, so number 13, don't live for pleasure. This kind of ties into what I was talking about, hasty living. You know, um, I almost put these together. But, but uh, you know, I, you know I, I, just, I just wonder sometimes if, if we really understand our purpose you know, in life, you know, uh, you know, somewhere down the road, we've got this inclination that I work hard for 30 or 40 years, and then after that, I should just be able to go do what I want to do. And if I got the money, I guess you can, that, that's fine, okay? But I, I don't really think God's pleased with that. Amen? You know, God gives you ability. He blesses you with things for you to just kind of just live for pleasure for the next 20 or 30 years that you live. I, I just don't think God's in that. And that may go against the grain uh, today, but, but I believe that's true. Because, again, verse 17, He that loveth pleasure shall be a poor man. He that loveth wine and oil shall not be rich. Wine and oil is talking about luxury type things there. Um, certainly, you know, you know, I believe it's a sin just to live to please self. I believe that. Well, I worked hard my whole life. I deserve that. Well, maybe you feel that way, but, but certainly God doesn't feel that way. And, uh, but, you know, on the other hand, God gives us opportunities to enjoy pleasurable things. Um, hey, listen, well, these days we'll go to heaven, okay, and you'll spend eternity, you know, relaxing. <laughs> uh, you know, but, but I believe God gives us opportunities to enjoy pleasurable things, some luxuries in life, and, 
and uh, praise the Lord for that. But uh, what I'm trying to get you to understand, that shouldn't be your goal. That shouldn't be the defining element of your life. Amen? Is to pursue pleasure. Um, uh, pleasure is of the flesh, amen? And, and, and what I'm saying is, is even though it may not be uh, sinful, you know, you're not breaking any scripture, but we never want the pleasure of the flesh to be our guide. We never want the pleasure of the flesh to be our focus in life. Because if, it, if it's all about me being comfortable, it's all about me uh, enjoying what I want to enjoy, uh, again, you're focused back on self again. You're not focused on what, what God might want to do uh, with your life. You know, I know people that uh, personally that, that really did well in the business world, and they did it right, and God blessed them. And at a relatively young age, they found themselves financially secure and able to go do whatever they want. And some of them do, but there's you know several on my mind right now that their lives actually got more busy. <laughs> they actually had more things to do uh, because they gave it all to God. They got busy for Jesus. They said, "I worked my whole life for for you know for this, and now I'm going to give all this back to God." And they're. I mean, they, they, it's, it's amazing, you know, uh, their, their, their lifestyle actually went, you know, I say down, but, but that, that's what they did, you see. And then others, it's all about self, you know. It's, you know, buying a fifth wheel and riding off into the sunset. You know, that's, you know, I just don't know if God's in that or not, amen. And so, again, don't, don't live for pleasure, amen. Uh, if being pleased and indulging every whim that pops into our mind is our goal, uh, the Bible says here very plainly uh, the result will be a life, and, and certainly people you know, that aren't saved, maybe even an eternity of, of misery and, and ruin. So we're done tonight. Uh, God help us to, again, identify some sinful things that, that you know, we as believers tonight need to avoid and to stay away from. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, let's all stand with our heads bowed and our eyes closed. We'll have a, a time to respond to what we've heard tonight. And maybe God's got a hold of your heart about some things. I know I went a little long tonight. Uh, but uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the blessings of life, your love, your mercy, your grace. And Lord, uh, I realize these